was only you know how in like elementary school there's always the girl that has a really big crush. Brenda Davies, welcome. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm well. <laughs> I'm just going to tap, I'm going to tap this song so that if we have any callers that call in, we can hear them. Okay, welcome everyone to Soul Friend Radio with myself, Gaia Woods, and my co-host for today, Miss Brenda Davies. Hi, Brenda. Oh, hi. So, oh, welcome. We have been uh, acquainting ourselves with the space, which everyone has a different response to, <laughs> <laughs> but you seem to feel comfortable here at Cape Town. I'm really comfortable with any nightmares, I guess. <laughs> nightmares. The nightmare hallway on the way. The nightmare hallway, yeah. I always tell people who have not been here to meet me outside so that I can lead them up the series of dark hallways, but the lights are usually not working for us. So. I mean, I have a major haunted house fetish, so yes. it was a perfect way to start my day. Perfect. Sounds good. <laughs> Well, welcome. So, I'm so excited to have you on the show because I feel like I don't often talk about the combination of religion and sex, which is primarily what we're going to be talking about today. Most people don't. don't. That's Mm -hmm. not a very... um, They're supposed to be mutually exclusive. They're supposed to be mutually exclusive. It's also a really controversial topic, and so I feel, unless someone brings it up in my personal life, that it's not something that I really want to inquire about. So, (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to have the space to be able to... Ask you questions about um, your 
what do you call it? It's just a YouTube channel, I guess. So you're a vlogger, video blogger. Yeah. Yeah, all these terms. But that's something I never thought I would do, and I'm millionaire. Really? Yeah. yeah. I'm not even comfortable really being on camera as myself. Oh, really? So it's been a challenge. I'm getting used yeah. to it. Because you're a model as well, so that mm-hmm. makes sense as yourself. Yeah. But yeah. I've never had to be like, hi, this is me. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I also used to be a model, and I love the acting component of that and the performance component and yet can share that experience of you know like say for grad school doing presentations or something when it's actually my ideas it's me as a genuine person yeah it's really nerve-wracking and I've been really vulnerable as a writer for probably like 15 years and yeah it's been really sweet people's response to it like the more vulnerable and raw I've been in my writing the more responsive people have been but I've never ever put my face to it at this you know simultaneously yeah Yeah. it's challenging you would never know from watching (laughs) your video blogs or blogs as I guess they're called um seems very comfortable so <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so your your channel's called god is gray mm-hmm. and and it seems like and you know correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like um a lot of what you're doing is trying to create more sex positivity for christian youth specifically so are you kind of tailoring your work towards that like towards an audience of younger individuals or is it kind of in your mind open to whomever but it seems as though there's maybe a little more focus on the youth. Well, for the YouTube, I just know from myself, I would never ordinarily sit down and watch a YouTube vlog. So I'm sure. just hearing it towards the younger audience because I'm assuming that's the demographic that you right. pull in with that medium. Mm-hmm. But that said, I'm really excited because with the younger people, I want to sort of talk about the very basics and sort of address mm-hmm. maybe people that have not lost their virginity yet or have taken a virginity pledge and still in right. church, whatever. Yeah. And then in May, I'm going to expand into a podcast. And yeah, we discussed this. Yeah, and yeah. I'm really excited about that. I love the same name, God is Gray. And okay. I want to have more elevated nuanced conversations that will hopefully draw in an older audience because a lot of my friends are fascinated on the topic, but they mm-hmm. don't, you know, necessarily connect to the YouTube medium. So sure. I'm excited yeah. to have just my voice and, and then conversations <laughs> yeah. also with other people, bring other people into the conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is wonderful. Um, I'm excited to check out your podcast once it's up. And I just wanted to give people, <laughs> <laughs> I want to give people who are listening now an idea of some of the episodes, or I guess they're not episodes, they're videos, they're vlogs, I just feel constrained about the word vlog, but the videos that you have on your channel, uh, one of the earliest ones, you have a nice intro video that's up there, and then you also have How I Lost My Virginity, From Purity to Divorce, another one is called Purity Talks, Am I Worthless for Having Sex, another one is called Is Feminine Is Feminism a Sin, There's, that is a two-part video, yeah, that's, a, that's a big topic, yeah. <laughs> Which I think that was your latest one that you just posted on Monday. So it's a weekly. You post them every Monday. Is that right? Yes, every yeah. Monday at like 9. At 9. Mm-hmm. Well, so yeah. scheduled. <laughs> uh, another one that I really loved it was Gay Husband, Saving Yourself Gone Wrong. I'm like yeah, experimenting with clickbaity titles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. And then How to Lose Your Virginity the Right Way. So that's just a few of them. But um, yeah, such a wide array of topics on there. So... Yeah, my journey was that I was, God and Jesus have always really resonated with me. My dad, mm-hmm. 
was really like gently and sweetly always introducing me to different you know Bible verses and stories, and he has a he's an amazing storyteller. He has a yeah. lot of incredible spiritual experiences, and always felt just always resonated with me. And I used to like yeah. be at my bedside, five years old, like praying for wars to end, and you oh, know, yeah. And then when I was around twelve, a girl invited me to her born again youth group, mm-hmm. and that's where things got a little effed up. <laughs> <laughs> Because I felt, now in retrospect, I feel, looking back, that that was the moment that this, like, very pure love and adoration I had for God and Jesus and spirituality Mm -hmm. sort of started becoming tainted with other people's perception of what Mm -hmm. the Bible is supposed to mean, what God needs us to do to live for our lives. Mm -hmm. And that was the very first time I heard sex addressed in church mm-hmm. ever, ever, because we used to go to a Roman Catholic church. It would just be okay. like, a message will send you on your way. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, and my parents never gave me the talk, ever. The sex ed talk? Mm-hmm. Never, that never. Was, that's definitely one of my questions, which is, what was your sex ed as a, as a child? Oh, it yeah. sounds like a lot of it was from the church. Well, yeah, we can, I will <laughs> to answer that really quickly, it's hilarious. I hope my mom listens to this. I'd make fun of her for it. Okay. But basically, one day, I was like maybe 14, so that means my brother 10, mm-hmm. and my parents are really, really awkward, and they're like about to leave for dinner, and they're like, hey, you left a videotape on the, uh, <laughs> on the TV, not to age myself, but yes, yeah, yeah. videotape. videotape. And, um, and they were like, you need to watch it, and we're going to come home and talk about it. And me and my brother looked at each other like, oh. What is this? Oh, no. Did you have any idea that it was going to be a sex ed video? Obviously, it was going to be a sex something. Because like, okay. they were, like, just so awkward about it. So me and my yeah. brother, Chris, begrudgingly <laughs> sit down, press play. How old were you approximately when you started? I, I was 14, probably. 14. And we sit down. It was a an Oprah. First of all, Oprah was, like, the queen of our household. Oh, so okay. it was an Oprah special. <laughs> On STDs, and it just showed oh, no. graphic pictures of STDs and like oh, no. talked to people that had STDs. Oh. And then, so it actually had no framework around like actual sex. It was just like kind no, of anatomy, no reproduction. <laughs> oh man! And I wouldn't, I would never call my parents fearmongers ever. But yeah. it was, um, yeah, that was the extent of it. So then, when I was in church, did they push for an abstinence approach? Until no, you guys were married, or what was the, or there was just no spoken anything about it? Believe it or not, this is a completely self-imposed idea. Mm. Because I was so passionate about Jesus, and mm-hmm. I still am, frankly. Yeah. Um, Which is, I think that really translates in your, <laughs> in who you are. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but, wait, what was I saying? Um... But it was a self-imposed. Yeah, it was self-imposed. My parents never brought it up. We didn't have curfews. They, like, trusted us completely, which was amazing. I was such a good Mm -hmm. kid. They had no reason not to. Yeah. But it was it wasn't until I was at church that they were like, You have to save yourself for marriage and mm-hmm. I took that idea and went running with it. I was kind of like, Whatever it's gonna take to please this entity that I feel so strongly, I'm gonna do it. I'm one hundred percent in. So I organized a chastity ceremony at my church at oh, wow. I had a little like silver chastity ring and it was like a heart with a key in it. Yeah. We lit white candles, we yeah. And, you know, it was just, yeah. Yeah, well, you're answering a lot of my questions that I have, which is basically, you know, 
did you wear a chastity ring and what was that like? Or, or is it called a purity ring? Because I feel like there's different... You know, you can is do it either. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you wear it on your ring finger and, lo- and you know, right. supposedly one day your dream husband on his white horse is going to come mm-hmm. and replace it with your engagement ring. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, I mean, that's one of my kind of other questions is just what got you interested in kind of unpacking some of these, you know, not necessarily religious myths, but just some of the different messaging that you received around sex and religion. And it seems like from an early age, you were kind of trying to figure out where you fell in the spectrum of all the different messaging, whether it was from your church or your parents or whatever your interpretation of the Bible was. So maybe this has kind of been a long time coming for you to be able to share and kind of explore in yeah. an open way. It's been a really, really long journey. And I've been trying to explain to my secular friends or friends of other faiths, like, mm-hmm. how incredibly vulnerable it is to say some of these things. Because just even making yeah. a statement, <laughs> you know, I'm sexually active and a Christian, immediately yeah. you have, like, hundreds of Christians that are like, well, screw you, you're not a Christian. And I'm like, why is that the one definitive thing that makes you Christian? Why is sexuality the holy grail of morality? And right. I don't personally think it's biblically represented as the holy grail of morality. Like, there's so many topics that they overlook, like, hey, let's talk about overeating or undereating mm-hmm. or, like, spousal abuse or, like, you know, there's a lot of things that they kind of don't address. Mm-hmm. And this is the one thing that's always on the forefront. And I also recently, I've been doing so much research, and there's like a statistic that 80% of Christians claiming to be saving themselves or or chaste or whatever are actually sexually active. So I'm trying chaste? What is that? Is that like keeping themselves pure, whether they're like, whether they haven't had sex or they supposedly haven't had sex yet or if they're trying mm-hmm. to not have sex again until they're married. Okay. 80% of them are I've never heard that. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. said, I'm trying to speak to those people, which mm-hmm. is sort of a hard audience to reach because when you're in the throes of trying to be perfect and trying to appease mm-hmm. your church and God and all these things, you almost don't want to hear that anything that, you know, is um, I don't know, encouraging you that it's okay to actually embrace your sexuality in any way. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say I think that people should be, like, throwing themselves around and banging whoever they want. Like, as a body, yeah. as a temple, I still, like, abide by and believe that. But yeah. virginity and chastity, I can't get behind that anymore. And I don't yeah. think the Bible is behind me either. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think, um, you know, I was... I have a question about it somewhere in here, but basically I love how in your videos you often correspond with other people who are also making videos about, you know, a similar sort of idea of religion and sex yeah. kind of combining, but then you also have a different perspective that you bring and you quote the Bible. You you, you basically have, yeah. you know, one perspective saying the same thing and then you kind of bring in the yeah. another point about it. So. I mean, to give you like the most abridged version of the journey, I was always blogging. I started blogging on MySpace. I'm really not to date myself again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I started blogging on MySpace and I was getting the most beautiful response to it. But at the time, I was perfect. I did a Christian mm-hmm. poster child. And, um, and I was kind of coming from the perspective of, like, hey, saving your love is really wrong. Or not really wrong. Really hard, right, guys? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it was actually really, like, cathartic and wonderful. However, mm-hmm. I ended up 
getting married, finding out my husband cheated on me, and mm. then going on, you know, this crazy journey, getting a divorce and going on a sexual journey. And at that time, when I was reading back on my blogs, I was like, oh, girl, you're lying. Like, I would still be like, hey, guys, you know, coming to you from my, like, perfect little cloud. And I was, like, oh. remembering in my mind, like, Pretty what so I was really doing. You yeah. know, for yourself. Yeah. Totally. But anyway, fast forward 15 years or something, like yeah. on this whole journey anyway, and I decided to fictionalize all my blogs and journals into a novel, and mm. I changed a lot of the circumstance, definitely changed all the names, but it was a very cathartic experience to just put together this whole journey of like seeking myself as a Christian from like out the gate being pure and then mm-hmm. going on this whole sexual journey and then swinging back around and being like, wait, I'm still Christian despite right. all of this. Because I and really those two aren't mutually exclusive. Like exactly. Yeah. And it's always broken my heart. You know, I meet so many people that are like, I hate God or like F that and it's always breaks my heart because I've never seen them as mutually exclusive. Right. And I wanted to just start speaking out and to be like, you know what? You don't have to say F God, F church, just mm-hmm. because you're having monogamous sex with your boyfriend. Like, I'm sorry, but I think you can have both. And I think that I can biblically back up a lot of my opinions. Yeah. And at the very least, even if I don't have like a biblically sound argument to back it up, let's just be honest with each other. If 80% of us are sexually active, like, let's start talking about it. Because a lot of yeah. the 80% are not using condoms. They're just like, you know, not trying not to have sex. So they're mm-hmm. not having a condom in their pocket. That's one thing I keep repeating. Like, try to save yourself from marriage, but keep a condom in your pocket. Because mm-hmm. guys are going to get STDs. I know friends that have had abortions because they just had unprotected sex and they weren't educated. You know, yeah. people are just like coming inside of them and they don't The abstinence don't model know. doesn't. Oh my God. Help you. The abstinence model is exactly. yeah. It's just ignorance and it's like, yeah. and it's all coming from pure heart. Like I don't hate on these people. I know they're just trying to protect us from having these bad experiences or whatever, but yeah. you know, also too, I think life is so rich and people shouldn't be holding themselves back from experiences. Yeah. And also the Bible says over 80 times, fear not. Like God is constantly mm. like, guys, calm down, fear not, fear not. Mm-hmm. Like purity is addressed like four to five times. Fear not is addressed 80 times. So to yeah. me, I'm like, don't be scared to have life experiences, to get your heart broken, to be hurt yeah. every once in a while. Like that's the richness of life. If anything, that's when you feel drawn closer to God than ever. Yeah. Which is a pretty radical message, I'm assuming, for maybe other sort of more, you know, cookie cutter, um, quote unquote, good mm-hmm. Christians. But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm expecting, I mean, I'm kind of hoping for some controversy, not because yeah. I want, you know, anyone to be mad at me or anything, but because I know it's very countercultural to say these things, but I think we're yeah. harming each other by not at least addressing it. I'm not saying I'm right about everything. I'm yeah. just saying, like, I think we should open up this dialogue to yeah, a much you're broader your way. Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, I want to give out the number for the show so okay. that we do have some questions. I do have more questions for you as well. <laughs> but I just want to let people know that if they're listening live, they can DM the Soul Friend Radio Instagram account that I have, which is Soul Friend Radio. 
or you can call us live if you want to be on air, and that number is 213-54-LOVE0, 213-54-LOVE0. You can also text message to that number if you don't feel like being live on air. <laughs> so please send us some questions. And we have an expert on religion and sex. So if you have any specific <laughs> questions about religion and sex, then we welcome those questions. And there's just any questions about relationships, as, as always. Um, well, another one of my questions, which I think you, you sort of spoke about a little bit, but in, in your video, one of your earlier videos, How I Lost My Virginity, you talk about, you know, weighing out the decision to lose your virginity or not mm -hmm. um, before marriage. And you talk about how you reached out to some of your other married friends and actually were kind of surprised that, um, and maybe you weren't surprised, but they had all had sex before, before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with other people. With other people. Um, and I guess I'm just wondering, you know, what it's been like for you to be sharing this message on God is Gray and you know, what's the, what it's been like to kind of put yourself out there in a public way, because it seems as though, you know, maybe there is a little bit of an unspokenness of, um, you know, being a Christian, and then, yeah, maybe you yeah. Are, are sort of outwardly facingly saying, I'm not having sex before marriage, but really you are. Right. Um, and I guess what it's, you know, I'm just curious what it's been like to kind of share about kind of something that is really personal for you yeah. in a public forum and what, I don't know. That's well, I've been sharing these ideas and thoughts with people for years, especially mm -hmm. as I was developing them and really like seeking within and praying about it. And all, all of my friends like knew where I stood and they all knew I was Christian, but in this really mm -hmm. weird you know, way that they didn't recognize a stereotypically Christian. Yeah. And I also just want to say too, mm -hmm. that I'm not, um, you know, if, if anything that I say is just completely wrong because I'm not Christian, I oh, wasn't okay. in any sort of organized religion. So if you hear what I say and I'm just completely wrong and I'm stereotyping, then please tell me because I, I may be. But no, no, you're yeah. good. Um, but I guess I just felt really compelled to do the vlog thing because mm -hmm. after I finished writing my book, I was trying, I was just, I haven't gotten it published yet or whatever. So I was trying to see, I was like, I wonder if there is a sex positive Christian community. I wonder yeah. if there is a larger gay affirming Christian population that I'm not aware of because yeah. I did step outside of church for, let's say, like five years. So I was like, now that I'm getting back into that realm, I wonder, you know, what's happening with it. And instead, I was just really disheartened to find the same as always. And when I found mm -hmm. these girls, you know, they're sweet. Like, I don't hate them. They're just, like, all in their early 20s and mm -hmm. really pirating back things that I remember hearing from the pulpit. And, like, there's no nuance to it at mm -hmm. all, ever. It's just like, yeah, well, just, like, save yourself for marriage. And that's the way God needs you to be. And it's like, yeah. okay, but if you're reading the 80% percent statistic, like, we need to talk deep, more deeply about this. Mm -hmm. So, again, like, I never, ever wanted to have a vlog, but mm -hmm. I started, like, I mean, my heart would go, like, a million miles a minute when I was, mm -hmm. like, for example, I found this one girl that oh, I do have a little beef with, and I will do a response video to her. Is it the girl defined, the girl mm -hmm. defined ministries? No, the girl defined ministries, okay. those are sweethearts. I think yeah. that they, you know, just need to get out of their bubble mm -hmm. a lot more. Like, I it looks like they kind of, I don't know them. It looks like they kind of live in their small town. They go to church. They're doing mm -hmm. everything by the book and whatever. God bless you guys. Like, if that works for you, cool. Yeah. 
but you know, get some gay better. friends, get some, <laughs> like, go to a nightclub one time, like, just, yeah. just because, like, why not? Like, just, like, get outside of your box and see what's going on. We're talking about, like, yeah. you know, a family of white blonde girls. Like, you girls need to, like, live a little bit. <laughs> I love that this one, and I've been totally diverting you from what you're saying, you're talking about this one, but there's one moment where in one of your videos, it might have been the most recent, is Feminism is in Part 2, where they're they're talking about quoting from the Bible and being really specific about this. Uh-huh. It's this way, and then you found some quote about braided hair, braided hair yeah. or something, and they had braided hair. And well, like, yeah, they're like, you have not to that I want them to be wrong, but it's just it's 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 mm-hmm. it's harmful for people to be, in my opinion, for people to be sharing things as though they are fact about religion because Absolutely. that's just it's a symbolic story. <laughs> so to be specific yeah. about it is just harmful. I mean, I only once ever, ever in my life heard a pastor say this, and I was blown away. I loved, I wish I remembered his name, but he gave this whole example where he's talking about, like, the expanse of the universe and how many light yeah. years it takes to get to such and such. Yeah. And he did this, like, it was probably, like, a five or six-minute thing, and at the end of it, he's like, so, we don't know anything. I don't know anything. And then he was just like, I'm going to give this message. If it resonates with you guys, take it home. If it doesn't, I'm just a dude. Like, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I was, like, blown back by his humility and mm-hmm. his compassion and his just so many times Christians aren't given permission. We're all taught that we have the Holy Spirit within us, which is supposed to be our direct line to God. And yet that's always, you know, underestimated. It's like pastors kind of gave a lot of fearful messages, and I would love to hear more messages that are like, I'm going to say this thing, but mm-hmm. according to the Bible, we all have the Holy Spirit within us, so you should be able to go home, check what I just said against that, and see if it resonates or not, and yeah. like, trust people, trust people, and, and teach them to trust themselves, you mm-hmm. know, like so often we're trying to follow these like rules and regulations, and we're not giving ourselves permission to be like, you know what? I know my pastor that I love and I think is super cool says this thing, but it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. And um, I mean, one of my most shameful things, (laughs) my best friend Haven actually was like, don't ever tell anyone this, but I'm like... Wait, your best friend is named what? Haven. Haven. That sounds an awful lot like Heaven. (laughs) She is is Heaven. She's my southern girl. Um, Oh, yeah. Where are you from? I usually ask that to all my guests. Where are you from? I'm from like South Jersey. South Jersey, Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, especially with all these Christian things, people are like, so are you from, like, a country town of, like, five people? <laughs> yeah. like, no, not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, so, Haven. Wait, what's, where was I going to say? Oh, um, I don't know. Oh, oh, oh you oh, said one of your most shameful things. What I don't even know if it's one of the most, it's probably the most shameful thing. Yeah. I voted against gay marriage in 2008. Oh. And I was actually supposed to, according to my pastor, vote against Obama as well because oh, of the wow. whole abortion agenda and stuff. I actually think I didn't vote oh, against wow. it, I just left it blank. Okay. But I have this distinct memory of feeling horrible. I actually mm. felt nauseous when I left the voting booth and... That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's yeah. just like, you know what? Someone is telling you this thing, but if your whole heart and soul is screaming against it and you yeah. feel nauseated by it, yeah. guess what? You might be right. Like the Holy Spirit right. inside of you might be it's telling you a different story. Yeah. yeah. You really have to trust your gut, your instinct. You know, we're taught that about so many things, like whether or not to get in a car with a person or something. Like, why yeah. not trust people and let them trust their instincts in these spiritual ways as well? Yeah, definitely. 
Well, I think it's wonderful that you're putting yourself out there in a way that is really vulnerable and that you're, I mean, it's sort of like a call to action in terms of this seems like, you know, a purpose for you because you're just tuning into what feels like an injustice that you're noticing within your own sort of yeah. system. So. Especially seeing these girls, you know, saying the same things that I was told 10 years ago, 15 right. years ago, because I'm just, you know, and they have anywhere between 50,000 and a million followers. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know about this, you know, and the just, audience reach is, is wide. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of, you know, heavy comments in them where, you know, there's one woman that's like, I'm 45 years old and I'm still believing God's going to send my husband. And I'm like, yeah, oh, you know, like, I don't, at that point, yeah. like, I don't know how much of it is, you know, but yeah. it's a lot. Yeah, that's a, that's a, Hard one. <laughs> it's difficult. Yeah. Oh, and this girl that I oh yeah yeah Sam yeah she just like lives in San Diego another blonde white girl um and she I'm a blonde white girl too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean whatever. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's a little strawberry blonde, but, yeah. <laughs> but um you know and nothing against anyone but she has this video like. Why me and my husband don't need birth control? And it's seven oh, minutes man. long. Oh. And I was like, I was like, okay, girl, I'm gonna watch your seven-minute video, yeah. and I'm going to allow you, as a spiritual person that believes birth control is a sin, fine, I'll give you that. Like, if you yeah. need to believe that, fine, I'll give it to you. However, you have over fifty thousand followers, so yeah. in the seven minutes, you better talk about pullout and you better talk about ovulation. Mm-hmm. I you. <laughs> and I watch yeah. this girl babble for seven minutes oh, about no. nonsense, and then it's over. And I was oh, like, no. I'm getting like infuriated all over again. Is this going to be your next video responding to her? Have I'm you gonna, already made one? I'm, I'm going to take a second to pick that so, up on her because yeah. I, have, I have some beef with her just because she speaks everything with absolute truth. And mm-hmm. she's got this like arrogance about it that drives me insane because it's like. Yeah. You know, talk about it's like the blind leading the blind, and I just I I want some more accountability and responsibility from these girls because I know their hearts are in the right place and they believe mm-hmm. they're doing the right thing. But you have accountability to fifty or sixty thousand people to educate them. If and, yeah. and one of her arguments was like. She's like, um, you know, God, God, never give you more God than you can handle. never give you more than you can handle. Thank you. Oh, there you go. You just got some education. Yeah, you know. yeah, God will never give you more than you can handle. And, you know, so therefore, like, I'm not going to get pregnant if, like, God knows I can't handle it. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, uh, you know what's also not mutually exclusive with God? Science. Like, <laughs> ovulation like these are real yeah. things we need to combine intellect yeah the rhythm method is a great way that if you want to yeah. do a low-key birth control and and just yeah. say it yeah. just like what is the problem you're a married woman like and also you know if you're living yeah. in some privileged situation where you can invite as many babies willy-nilly as you want like sure. congratulations right you have followers god knows where in what kind of financial situations like why are you not educating them yeah. You know, intellect, science, plus Christianity, plus spirituality. Like, yeah. I need to see them both. Otherwise, I don't really have respect for what you're saying. And yeah. Well, I look forward to your response to that video. <laughs> I think so I'm going to need to, like, calm down a little bit before <laughs> no, I hear you. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about women, and I might get this a little bit wrong, but we had spoken with this 
uh, about this when we originally met about women evoking rape, rape fantasies in oh, order to find yeah. moral <laughs> acceptance in the, within themselves for their own sexual desires. Yeah. So you said this to me, and I think that my mind sort of exploded <laughs> a little bit. But so tell, tell yeah. us about this. Well, I think that it's really interesting how psychologically we'll always find a loophole for something. You know, if something's mm-hmm. really not working for you, your mind will go through like hoops. You're you know, like bargaining with yourself <laughs> around how it's okay for you to have sex. Exactly. And like, this is a way, it's a rape fantasy, yeah. but you can make it okay. Yeah. Oh, man. And like, mom and dad, if you're listening, you can turn off this at this point. Um, <laughs> but basically, I I didn't think I was alone by any means, just because mm-hmm. psychologically it makes so much sense to me. But I did find a really long thread on Reddit, I believe, of, mm-hmm. of Christian girls talking about rape fantasies. Mm-hmm. And... Basically, what happened to me is that I was, you know, getting really involved in church at 12, did this chastity ceremony at 15, which is essentially when I started to develop sexually or whatever or start think about those things. Mm-hmm. And because they're teaching you, you're not allowed to masturbate, you're not allowed to have sex before marriage, my mind did a jump where it was like, even with, you know, masturbation, you just like... The only way you feel okay about it is if you're being forced into it. Because if mm-hmm. it's not your fault, then you won't be held accountable by God. Because we still have all the urges that a teenager does. You know, yeah. like, my hormones were popping just as much as any other girl's. But because mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to even think about it, it mm-hmm. was like, your mind immediately goes there. And I still, to this day, you know, reside in those fantasies when I think about it. But... I found this thread and like so many women were experiencing the same thing to the extreme that some of them were actually married and they said they still needed their husbands to like tie them up or pretend to force them because they couldn't flip the switch. So even within a married monogamous situation. Yeah, some of these girls are saving themselves successfully like 27 or something, which I commend, but it's like imagine saying sex is a sin for 27 years. You wear a white dress, you spend like 50 grand on a party, and then you're just supposed to, first of all, go home with someone you maybe haven't even touched. Some people haven't Mm -hmm. even kissed. Or who might be gay. (laughs) Or who might be gay. Yeah, I have some stories about that as well. Yeah. But, um, you know, they're unfamiliar with each other's bodies. And then it's just, you have a party and flip. You're supposed to just enjoy sex. You're supposed to not think it's a sin. But if you've been pounding that into your head for all those years and maybe, like, masturbating to rape fantasies or trying to find loopholes in that way, women can't always flip out of that and and feel like they're allowed to have sex even in that context of marriage. Yeah. It's wild. It's actually probably a great transition for a question that we received from an anonymous male who has a similar sort of um, thing happening for them. So I'm going to, I guess, move on to doing some questions. Um, So let's do this question from an anonymous male who says, I grew up in a Christian household in the Midwest. I was always taught that masturbation was a sin. Years later, I'm in my early 30s and live in L.A., and I'm not a practicing Christian. I don't think I ever really believed in the teachings of the church when I was young. To be honest, it all felt it all always felt wrong to me. No offense to anyone who does practice. Religion is obviously a very personal choice. My question, though, is regarding my continued shame around masturbation. Mm-hmm. Even though I am basically an atheist, I still feel guilty whenever I masturbate. 
literally years later. Any ideas on how I can help separate myself from my Christian past that is still influencing the way I think about my sexuality? Anonymous male. And they say that they're in their early 30s. Yeah, early 30s. Wow, wow. That's a long time to have that belief, even if you, you know, it sounded like he doesn't really, he never really identified with the teachings of the church in the first place, but that it still really <laughs> yeah. got to his core belief. Yeah, I mean, these yeah. things are really hard to get rid of. Those yeah. formative years of, you know, coming into your sexuality, if you're taught some misinformation yeah. or craziness, it takes yeah. a long time to find it out. Well, and you can't really create a rape fantasy for masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if yeah. it's any comfort to an anonymous man, that yeah. is not only a Christian thing. Like, I have a friend mm-hmm. who feels really uncomfortable masturbating because when she mm-hmm. was like, seven years old, her, her grandmother died, and her mom was like, you know, grandma's always going to be with you. She's always going to be watching. And now oh. she's like in her 30s, too, and she's like, every time I masturbate, I get so scared. My grandmother oh. is there. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's like, you know, just to comfort him, a lot of people have shame issues around masturbation and like, and it is yeah. such a, I mean... I feel like my advice is just to start gaining some, like, comfortability around that experience. Start, like, mm-hmm. I think also, too, what we ingest media-wise is really, like, it'd be really helpful maybe to follow some sex-positive mm-hmm. girls and guys on Instagram and just see how they are, like, addressing mm-hmm. all of that shame. And I just, I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. a loaded question, but I think that... It does take a while to burn out. It actually, you have to work on it. You have to work yeah. on like readjusting your mind. Yeah, and I think I mean, you know, I'm a therapist and I talk a lot with my friends oh, yeah, about whatever they're saying. No, 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 <laughs> no, I mean, I don't have expertise. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think just addressing shame in whatever form it's coming up for someone is so much of the work. Whether it's about you know beliefs that were from a family of origin, from your parents, or from you know cultural messaging that you received growing up, or religious messaging that you received growing mm-hmm. up, really unpacking and identifying where you fall on. Do you believe that? Does that is that serving you to believe that? Is it not? How is it not? How is it? Yeah. And you know, kind of really getting in there and you know, facing head on the, the shame that you're feeling around masturbation. So and, and there's really it. nothing in the Bible about masturbation. <laughs> not one verse, yeah. not one inclination. I was like actually nothing. curious about that too. Um, but I wanted to get to questions. But but yeah, just in terms of because you do tend to quote the Bible in your um, vlog videos. Yeah, I videos. read it every day. You read it every day. Every night. But every night. Mm-hmm. But I was curious, I guess, in terms of you know, I assume there's not an appendix, an appendix in there that says you know, <laughs> sex positivity on page blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, so yeah. how do you do? You just kind of you read it, and then if something strikes you as having kind of a, a message that resonates with something that maybe you're sharing about in whatever video or project that you're working yeah. on at the moment, or how do you kind of pick and choose? Well, it's, um, I know, that's a really that loaded question. question. Yeah. It's just a really long answer because um, I addressed in one of my videos this term cherry picking, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I believe it's a way that Christians silence each other. You know, if you, mm-hmm. if you present a very valid question, like if you were yeah. like, um, wait, these verses about being gay in the Bible seem to actually be about rape and um, promiscuity, not about like a monogamous gay, someone can just be like, cherry picker, 
And it's like supposed to shut you up to be like, no, if you don't take the entire word of God and you reject certain things. So is there any way that it's not looking at the context of the whole verse? Well, that was my problem when you talked about the girl wearing a braid. Like, for example, like I, I'm on a journey too. Like I'm starting to learn a lot of these things for the first time as well. But like, you know, those girls have a verse about, you know, what it is to be an honorable, beautiful wife. And like, yeah. And then literally two sentences down, it's like, um, teach your slaves to obey their masters. And, you know, and then this mm-hmm. girl has multiple braids in her hair. And there is a verse that says, you know, women don't adorn yourself with jewels and you can't wear braids. So I'm like, well, it's not that I'm comfortable abandoning it culturally to be like, oh, this is irrelevant now because it's 2018. I don't think it's right. irrelevant. I think that it's a collaboration of people's journals and um, experiences trying their best to seek God, trying their best to seek their spiritual life, and mm-hmm. failing miserably constantly. You know, there's like yeah. some of the main figures in the Bible are murderers and super promiscuous and very, very flawed individuals. And to me, that's the point. The point is that we're all flawed individuals and we're all sort of mm-hmm. like looking to each other, looking to God to like live our best lives. And the most important thing to me is if you read Jesus' words, and in most Bibles, and maybe all, it's always highlighted in red. So if you just took all of the red out of the New Testament and just read what Jesus said, Mm -hmm. there's nothing about being gay. There's nothing about saving yourself, masturbation, like braids in your hair. Jesus was very... (laughs) you know, welcoming to the to the poor and, like, super feminist as well. Like, he was one mm. of the first people to be, like, women should be learning at my feet, not in the kitchen. And mm. he was just so inclusive and so everything he said was gorgeous. Like, that's why I love him. I don't mm-hmm. disagree. I don't have to take anything in red and reject it. I accept all things in red. Yeah. And, um... I think if you kind of live by that, then mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah. then, like, that's a very controversial thing to say. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're a very controversial <laughs> figure. You're not doing it on purpose, but yeah. we'll see. <laughs> it looks to you. Yeah. Um, let's do another question, okay. shall we? So let's yeah. do this one from our mutual friend who did not find, so I will not share their name. Oh. Um, she also signed with. A, a woman symbol emoji, which is so cute, and I didn't even know that that was emoji. <laughs> Unless it's in the little purple symbols of emoji, which I just hate the color purple, and so I just skip over all those emojis. <laughs> it might be in there, but it's not purple in this, so I don't know. Okay, so so I guess I should acquaint myself with the woman symbol emoji. The question is, moving forward, the question is, Guess the only questions I have are about how men are affected by the whole binary of women being virgins or whores. Are men conditioned to lose respect for women if they sleep with them too early? Isn't this all an arcane practice practice based on the need to secure paternity and therefore a person's social, a person's social class slash wealth slash social capital? Too much graduate critical theory? Question <laughs> <laughs> mark. Laughing, while crying emoji, lightning bolt emoji, red heart emoji, blonde girl emoji with her hands up, both hands oh, up, like shrugging, and then the aforementioned female symbol that is not purple, so I don't know where it is on that. 
So, I hope that I'm currently like the blonde fucking emoji. <laughs> I'm like, that is yeah. such a big question. Oh, yeah, but you're basically that. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so to recap this question, um, effective as a binary of women being virgins or whores, or men conditioned to lose respect for women if they sleep with them too early. That's a good, yeah, yeah good I mean, synopsis. Well, that's another thing. I've been virgins or whores. But it's it's real. Why would a black and white way to look at the world? Yeah, I know. Not it's, this question, but just generally, some people I believe do believe this. But yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone is complicated in that way. But I've been um, fascinated learning more about like the history of marriage and you know marriage in the Bible and stuff because. Mm-hmm. If we're going to keep talking about this, quote, save yourself for marriage thing, I'm like, okay, so what that, first of all, quote, is nowhere in the Bible. So mm-hmm. I'm like, where are we getting this from? Just curious, right. just looking into it. And, you know, first of all, this text like, takes place over thousands and thousands of years. But mm-hmm. I think to speak to that question, like, women in society, historically speaking, have been traded for land, for power, for cattle, and men yeah. are also, you know, often in the Bible and outside of the Bible, just, like, asserting their power with how many women they have. Like, um, King Solomon in the Bible had hundreds of wives and hundreds of concubines. Oh, King, wow. King David is, like, a beautiful yeah. figure. Yeah, King David uh, wrote Psalms, and mm-hmm. he um, had 19 wives and concubines, or maybe 18. Mm-hmm. But that said, it's like, I mean, a nice even number, just 18. <laughs> no big deal. I mean, well, you and I have already talked about how I never yeah. want men to feel discluded in any conversation that I have. Yeah. I love men. I respect them. I think... Yeah. They're sweet to the core, especially if you meet a little boy. You're like, what a freaking angel. You know, like, mm-hmm. boys don't come out of the womb, you know, just like, you know, being dicks to everybody. So I just, like, hesitate to be like, well, men are, like, oh, you know, insecure sure. or whatever. But let's yeah, be it's frank. it's a conditioning like, issue, though, really. Yeah, yeah, but let's be frank. Like, men get very possessive over our bodies. And it makes sense. It's like men have to literally enter a woman to have sex with her. So if a man wants to feel ownership, yeah. if he wants to feel confident about the woman he has, like, I'm sure nothing brings more confidence or ownership than to know that you're the only one that's conquered a woman's body. And then to torment yourself or feel offended. And, you know, I'm sorry, that is a sign of weakness in a man if you can't handle the fact that women have had other experiences outside of you. But Mm -hmm. church definitely, you know, asserts that over and over again. And so many purity talks are very geared towards women's purity. And, like, you know, they're always like, men, you know, you're one step away from raping a woman keep it in your pants, be careful, and then it's like, girls, like, let's yeah. put you in a little glass case and keep you safe, and so men in church are definitely going to struggle with that way more, mm-hmm. but I've met secular men that can't handle it either, so. Yeah. Well, and coming from a perspective of not having this be informed by religion, just the double standard of men being whatever positive affirming words is vivacious and, mm-hmm. you know, like... <laughs> Conquerors may be a big word, but you know, like being so successful with women and yeah. then women just being sluts if they, you know, have multiple partners or, or, or even into their yeah. sexuality or. I mean, I know, feel like so. that's going to take us like 200 years to get through this. Well, it's going to take a while. back the other way and like get terrible again. Like, I have no idea. 
have no idea how we overcome that. It seems like we're making progress, but then every time we make progress, you know, I feel like we get dumped back another 10 steps. Yeah. Well, it's the patriarchy, but it's also the internalized version of that, that women identify with being sluts if they, you know, have a certain sexual behavior. So, that's, yeah. that's separate from religion. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't identify, but, you know, I, like, yeah, actually, yeah. it made me laugh. I just saw the movie Flower, which oh, yeah. one of my wonderful friends, Matt Spicer, wrote it. Um, yeah. It's directed by Matt, or what's his name? Winkler. Max Winkler. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, there's, this girl just goes around, like, giving DJs, um, you know, which I'm not saying I condone, but it's like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, but there's one line where the guy is like, well, don't you feel like a slut for, like, giving all these DJs to people? <laughs> and she was like, well, if I was a dude just, like, going around, like going down on women, like would you? you no know, one would be like, that guy's eating so much. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to curse, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, no one would ever accuse a guy of that. But that, right. that's still totally secular perspective. It's really our society right. for sure. Yeah. So I think the answer to the question it sounds like an interesting movie too. Flowers. Oh, it's really good. Watch it. Are men conditioned to lose respect for women if they sleep with them too early? I mean, I feel like. A certain part of that, yeah, sure. I think obviously, not obviously, <laughs> obviously, what a dumb No, but for sure, yeah, um, it does. And yeah, I think that to a certain extent, that is a part of the way that we still view the difference between men and women in their sexuality, which is disappointing. But but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've met men, totally secular men, have a problem with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, well, we have a few more questions, and we have a few more minutes, so if anyone is listening and they still want to get their question in, you can send it to us at 213-54-0 or call us. We love callers. I was so sad that I missed a call on the show last week, which everyone, I think, is shy and loves to text in, which, again, I say this every show. I love all of my listeners for sending in their questions. Thank you so much. Please continue to do so. Mm-hmm. And I also am so happy whenever people call in because we get to actually have a back-and-forth exchange and dialogue, and if there are follow-up questions, we can, yeah, we can ask them. I know. Oh. Like, I want to know if the guilty masturbator guy has guilty sex, too. Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> See, we could ask them. <laughs> Okay, so if anyone's listening, call us 23540. A couple more questions. Is anyone listening? Please affirm us. It's like in high school waiting for a boy to call. Oh, God. Yeah, that's terrible. It sounds like a thing I've come to all night. That's no friends. Like in the middle of nowhere, no friends. Okay, so it sounds like you're a fairly religious woman. Oh, this must be a question for you. Sounds like you're a fairly religious woman who is also sexually liberated. As someone who is not very religious, I wonder how much room there is for someone like you in the Christian church, which mm-hmm. maybe this question has already been answered. Um, but do you feel accepted, friend, signed, curious? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess that's not really a question about sex, but just more a question for you. No, yeah. no I like that question because it's kind of like to be seen. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've definitely already had some backlash. Like, I don't have a huge audience yet or anything, but like... Yeah. I've already had people be like, well, you're just not a Christian. And I'm like, uh, why? That's so disappointing. <laughs> I know, because <laughs> Christianity is defined by, like, do you believe Jesus is the Son of God or not? And if your right. answer is yes, then I would say you're a Christian. But, like, I know I'm saying controversial things that are not going to be accepted. Like, I have a friend that mm-hmm. like, basically, like, private messaged me and was like, I love everything you're saying. And I was like, thank you so much. Like, please yeah. post. Like, help me get the word out. Yeah. And she was like... 
oh, I can't really I can't do that. Support. Yeah, she would because yeah. she is very active in her church, and she was like, oh. I can't publicly support what you're saying. And I was like, disappointed. I didn't judge her for it or anything, but I was like, yeah. how, how can you privately support what I'm saying and then be publicly too scared to support it? But it's because yeah. it is controversial, and I think a lot of people do write me off as like, Oh, you're sexually active. You're not a Christian. Easy. Right. And I'm like, it's, it's nothing is that easy. Yeah, it's that's why I call it God is gray because there is so it's much a gray area. area. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think it's. I don't know. It's to be seen. But I've had yeah. beautiful experiences already too. Like the podcast lineup that I'm starting. Mm-hmm. People are coming from all different walks of life, all different experiences. But I have a friend yeah. that's so beautiful. She's going to be on my podcast and she is just coming out in her 40s oh, wow. because she's been like guilty her whole life and then coming out with her sexuality or coming out as a lesbian. As a lesbian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it was so affirming for me because she was like, I just decided recently that I was going to not keep myself from love anymore. That I was, mm-hmm. and she said she's known she was gay since she was like eight years old. Mm-hmm. And she's just been stifling it this whole time. And her solution was to just be fully abstinent and to be comfortable with the idea she's just never going to have love. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's so sad to me, but she finally in her 40s was like, no, I'm not going to not have love anymore. I'm not going to not have sex anymore. And yeah, she wrote me and that just like made my heart do a million leaps because she's still in church. She's still active, but she was like, I... <laughs> You know, I'm just not going to hold myself back from living my best life anymore. Yeah. And like I, like you already pointed out, if I can pull references from the Bible and sort of like back this stuff up, then I don't yeah. think we should be scared of it. Yeah. And, you know, I was actually looking through some of my notes from grad school, which was a while ago, but I was able to locate them and find these notes. Because there was one specific quote that I was trying to find from a professor of mine who was speaking about the Bible and also just organized religion as a whole, and basically I was unsuccessful in finding the exact quote, but what I was trying to find and what I'll surmise is that basically what she was saying is that, you know, the the Bible is inherently problematic in the sense that it's a story of symbols and the whole message is symbolic, and so the, mm-hmm. the pure act of putting specific words and specific um you know, stories to it is problematic, and she wasn't against organized religion in any way, but she was just saying that it's problematic in the sense that then people will take that and interpret it in such a way as to say, this is the word of God. Exactly. And she was basically saying, and this is why, wait, I can find the quote, because I'm like, it's like hard to verbalize the, the eloquence with which she made her point, but it was basically a point of the, the story of the Bible or the story of any organized religion is one of spirit, and that's not something that is translatable with hard facts and hard mm-hmm. words. And so that's why I love the idea of God is gray, because there's really an acceptance of the fact that there isn't a black and white. And it's not. And this is also, as a therapist, something that I'm constantly trying to help my clients work towards, which is noticing any tendencies of black and white thinking, which is such a polarizing way of experiencing the world and yeah. can often cause really detrimental mm-hmm. problems and maladaptive behaviors yeah. and pain and suffering and all this. So just the idea of like getting people in their lives to see the gray and to live in the gray is something that yeah. whether it's, you know, if you're trying to heal your anxiety or depression or trying to find a better relationship with God that works better with you if you identify as lesbian, then I think that that's message I mean, is so to, wonderful. Yeah, to speak to that too, like, <laughs> I'm such a creep. I'm always, like, you know, reading about cults and murderers <laughs> and all that stuff. 
which is actually recommended against in the Bible. We're supposed to be like focusing on positivity. But regardless, but regardless, so controversial. I know, now I'm controversial. Yeah, now you are. Um, but basically, you know, I was just listening about Jim Jones yesterday, and it was just like he was pulling directly from the Bible to justify all of his actions, all of them. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, the God Hates Bags Church, that group of people that it's actually I one family. I've heard this. They go around to soldiers' funerals and gay pride parades, and they hold these really terrible signs like "God hates bags." Um, your, you know, your soldiers are in hell, and you know, so different things. But it's really it's spearheaded by one man. I think the patriarch is now dead, but the family still <laughs> thrives. And again, he too is pulling directly from the Bible. So. Yeah. You can really pervert it however you like, and right. people are already accusing me of perverting it for my own gain, you know, for just to justify my positions on sexuality or whatever, but yeah. at the end of the day, I'm like, your pastor that's kind of like wrapped in a bow and looks really cool too is also pulling according to like, it's it's, com- it's like a human being's perception. That's why, like, when right. I started and that one guy was talking about the expanse of the universe and how we don't know anything. And having a little bit of humility about the fact that it's not totally. an outright black and white situation. Yeah. Be like this, live like this, do this. It's mm-hmm. not a clear message. Yeah. No, not at all. And um, what else are you going to say yeah. about that? I lost my train of thought. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think we have time for one more question, so I guess let's do this last question, okay. and then we'll be <laughs> out of here. So, this last person says, and they're signs, I don't know um, who they are, but they say, having grown up as a devout Christian whose beliefs have now changed, how do your parents, oh, this must be another question about you, um, how do your parents feel about your new version of Christian faith? Are they accepting of this part of you? Do you feel resentful towards them for reinforcing oppressive messaging, if applicable, if you feel they did. Um, hope that's not too personal. Thanks. <laughs> that's really sweet. Yeah. I'm an open book, honestly. Maybe yeah. too. <laughs> um, again, this was very self-imposed. Or mm-hmm. self-imposed, I would say pastor-imposed. Church-imposed. Mm-hmm. My parents were very... Actually, even when I did the chastity ceremony, my mom went out of her way to take me aside and be like, just so you know, we're always going to love you no matter what. Aww, and yeah. she expressed to me later, my dad, for example, you know, got married to lose his virginity. My mm-hmm. dad was born in the 40s, nice old school. Yeah, how old were your parents when they had you? I'm curious about that. My, they're 13 years apart. Are you going to do math? It's so <laughs> early. Oh, I just moved down early. I think my mom was... 20s, like, 30s, 40s. Am I a bad kid that I don't know? I feel like Terrible my mom kid. was like 25 or something. Okay, yeah. So my dad was 13 years older. Like, okay. Do you know what I'm Yeah, yeah. Um, he already had two kids from his first marriage. Okay. But he, you know, got married basically to have sex as well. Yeah. And I did get a little upset afterwards. I was like... Dad, that didn't work out for you. Like, why did mm-hmm. you like let me think that would work out for me? But oh, this was a conversation you had kind of later on after my divorce. Like when I told I them think. that that wasn't, you know, that I was gonna part ways with him and stuff. And because right. um, you in one of your videos shared that you married the first person that you had sex with. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to just give my virginity away because it felt like <laughs> a play. I was yeah. like. I felt ready to have sex since I was like 12. Like I was yeah. so 
by the time I was 22, I was honestly losing my mind. Yeah. And I was like... Which you talk about in one of your videos, which is a great yeah. video, How yes. I Lost My Virginity, it's from Something Something to Divorce. Yeah. Yeah. I go into it much more deeply. If you guys want to check it out, you'll understand. I, I, yeah. I was trying to do it in a very researched way. I took different approaches to try to save myself. And at mm-hmm. the end of that journey... I wasn't justifying my action, but I wasn't really able to justify saving myself. Mm-hmm. It was like, I kind of was I love like, how you go through it, too, because it's such a, and then we're, we're almost out of time, but but it's such a factual, not factual, um, such an organized way where you really, you share about your, your thinking about yeah. weighing out the options. I'm very and pragmatic about things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Someone like, I have this desire, <laughs> but there's also this thing that I believe, and then there's this thing, and then what do I, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 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 yeah, someone like holds out a handful of mushrooms or something, I'm like, cool, yeah. give me like, Five days, I'm gonna like get I'm gonna interview 20 people about it and like yeah. look online, and then I'll let you know if I'm gonna do that. Like, yeah, I really do. I'm very spontaneous, but I also I do things very, very thoughtfully. As yeah, well. so yeah, that's kind of that. Yeah. But my parents, so, yeah, been, so, yeah, I guess so. Their question is, yeah, do you feel that they're accepting of this part of you? I guess is like yeah. the general question. Well, in a way, it kind of cracks me up because I think. They're probably, I haven't asked them actually, but I would imagine they're a little nervous for me to put myself out publicly like this and say these things that I know are controversial. Like, mm-hmm. I think as a mom and dad, I imagine they're just like, yeah, oh, like, I hope people don't mean to her. Like, it's still Aww. like a little girl on the playground. Like, I hope no one makes fun of her. Right. Oh, um, yeah. But the funny thing is, you know, my dad and I have very opposing views on a lot of things. My dad is very literal with the Bible, and mm-hmm. we definitely don't see eye on things to eye on things and he and I can get in some very heated arguments but I just think it's funny because at the end of the day I'm still like his nerdy little girl talking about Jesus online (laughs) so I'm like even if you don't agree with exactly what I'm saying, so I'm spreading the message of God in some way, in a way that feels appropriate yeah, to you. Yeah, my pleased by what I'm doing. Like, yeah. You know, I just think it's yeah. fun. I feel like such a nerd, but it's just like I never was able to get away from it. So I think, I think he knows that and appreciates that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your, your thoughts. And, you, you know, know it, is a, oh, no, <laughs> it is such a, oh, no, it's It is such a, I think, at least for me, you know, it's a sensitive topic, the idea of, of religion, because it is such a personal thing. I mean, I suppose sex is also a sensitive topic, because <laughs> are also, I just love talking about sensitive topics, apparently. But, but I appreciate you, you know, I, I'm really excited about your projects with God is Gray, and I appreciate you coming on here and sharing about your personal experiences and talking about something that is really personal to you and yeah. that is, you know, controversial in the sense that it can be really polarizing and, and happy. Having an open discussion about things that are polarizing, I think is really a helpful thing. So thank you yeah, for coming on here and doing that with us. And for people who are listening, please, you might be listening on K-Chung Radio, but if you um, are listening on the podcast, then please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And I'm also asking people to rate and review the podcast so that gets the word out there about it. So the podcast is just Soul Friend Radio. And you can send your questions in to the show at any time. So anytime before the next show, which is always every two weeks, please send your questions about love, sex, relationships, dating to 213-54-LOVE-0. And follow me on Instagram at Soul Friend Radio. You can also direct message me your questions there. You can also listen online if you want to listen online on your computer. There's so many ways to listen to the show, you guys. So, and I also have links of all of the co-hosts that have been on my show there. So if you want to kind of like follow people who've been on the show, you can go on to soulfriendradio.com and check me out there. 
with that, I think that I'm going to play some more music and then we will be out of here. So thank you again, Brenda Davies, that is Gray. Thanks for listening. Whoever for listening. Goodbye.